Hey, this is Adam Thielen. Deep shot. Man there. Right side. Caught Thielen. 10-5. Touchdown! Teddy Bridgewater to Adam Thielen. Your sports leader in the Lakes area is KDLM Detroit Lakes, serving the Lakes area for over 60 years. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! Thirteen forty, Katie Lem, the station you can count on. Welcome to the Katie Lem Sports Wrap, everybody. Wednesday morning, a little bit chilly, a little bit cloudy. Should clear up here in a bit. Hopefully, that the Twins clear up as as well. An exciting Twins game last night, but they fall short, lose their fourth straight game as Boston keeps pace in the American League Wild Card race. We'll talk about. Twins baseball last night. How about Sylvia Fowles for the Minnesota Lynx doing something that only four other players in the history of the NBA have done last night? We'll talk about Sylvia Fowles as the the Lynx pick up a huge win over the Seattle Storm, seventy six to seventy last night. And I always like it when uh, when media guys share fan mail, and that's what uh, what Adam Schefter has done. I've gotten some. Uh, some kind of, you know, mean Facebook messages based on my opinions on the sports rap and things I talk about in the news, but nothing like what Adam Schefter <laughs> received. Adam Schefter and Field Yates, and the way that he clapped back to prove that he was right about what this guy accused him of is amazing. Coming up second after the sports wrap, my interview with head coach of the Laker volleyball team, Lindsay Machcaire. I stopped by uh, Laker volleyball practice yesterday, watched the girls a little bit as they, uh, Get ready for a uh, their, their opening game of the season next Tuesday against DGF. And the plan as of right now is to have that game on the radio. However, not sure if it's going to be in DGF or if it's going to be in Detroit Lakes or if it's going to be postponed because I guess there's some gym construction going on in Dilworth, Glidden, Felton. So we're still awaiting uh, 100% certainty on where that game will be played. But the plan right now, Laker volleyball on the radio in DGF. Next Tuesday, pregame show at 7.15. Matches begin at 7.30 for our very first Laker broadcast of the 2021-22 academic year. My interview with head coach Lindsay Machcaire coming up second half of the wrap. First, let's go, rewind the last 24 hours in sports, starting with that wild Twins game last night. Rewind time. Pitch, a swing and a fly ball into left center field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone. To the monster seats in left center field, Polanco's 23rd, and the Twins are back in this game, down just 9-6 to six in the seventh inning. Career-high 23 home runs on the season for Jorge Polanco now. Twins were down 9-3 uh, to three early 
fought back to make it a 9-8 to game, but the Twins would fall 11-9 to to the Boston Red Sox, losing their fourth straight game. To recap the game, here's voice of the Twins, Corey Provis. Twins and the Red Sox after a couple of days off. Twins baseball returning for the first of a three-game series at historic Fenway Park. Griffin Jacks and Tanner Houck. The pitching matchup for game one. Good start, Twins. Leadoff triple from Kepler. He would score on a Jorge Polanco RBI single, and the Twins led one to nothing. But then the game was tied one to one until the Twins jumped back in front in the fourth inning on a two-run single from Miguel Sano to make it three to one. But then trouble for Jax, and that came in the fourth inning and would hurt him and other Twins pitchers for game one was giving up the long ball. And that's been an issue for the Twins all season long, and that came up big as the game played out on Tuesday night. A Hunter Renfro three-run shot off Jax gave the Red Sox a 4-3 lead. Then a five-run fifth inning for the Red Sox. Again, the home run ball was a part of it. Renfro is second homer of the game, plus an Alex Verdugo two-run double. And Griffin Jax ended up giving up nine runs in four and two-thirds innings. And the Twins were down huge at that point. It was a 9-3 game. They would score a run in the sixth to make it 9-4. And it looked like the Red Sox were going to win rather comfortably, but the Twins rallied. The Red Sox bullpen has struggled, and the Twins made it interesting, putting up four runs in the seventh, a Polanco home run, a Nick Gordon two-run single. It was just a one-run game, but then the Red Sox scored two more off Thielbar in the eighth inning, another home run. This time from Kike Hernandez, it was 11-8. Twins, though, with a shot. Matt Barnes, a blown save on Monday. Could he do it again? Well, Donaldson lead off home run to make it 11-9. And then back-to-back walks to Luisa Rise and Mitch Garver. So two on, two-run game, nobody out. Former twin, Hansel Robles, came in seeking his first save with the Red Sox. He struck out Nick Gordon. He struck out Miguel Sano, then had a lengthy, lengthy at-bat with Jay Cave. Last chance for the Twins, Jay Cave. Three balls, two strikes. Again, the payoff pitch, a swing and a line drive. Right side caught by Arroyo, and that's the game. A royal leaping catch, the second baseman, and the Red Sox hang on to win game one, 11-9. Twins fought hard, had a shot late, but come up two runs shy. Red Sox win the game, 11-9. Jack suffers the loss, now 3-2, and two, gave up nine runs in four two-thirds innings. The Twins offense put up nine runs on 14 hits. Normally that will win you some games, but the Red Sox hit four home runs, and Boston with its 72nd win, has the Twins its 71st loss as the Red Sox win the game 11-9. Now 4-1 against the Twins so far head-to-head this season. Again, the final Red Sox 11, Twins 9. I'm Corey Provis on your home for Twins baseball. The Twins will turn to Bailey Ober for game two of that three-game series at Fenway Park. 6-10 first pitch. Pre-game show will begin at 5-30 tonight on KDLM. A little bit more Twins news to get to. Kenta Maeda was placed on the IL with that right forearm injury. And he's flying to Dallas today to undergo another examination, get a second opinion on that arm. Uh, he's going to go see Dr. Keith Meisner, who's going to give Maeda a second opinion on how to treat the inflammation near his elbow. Rocco Baldelli said there's a chance that Maeda may miss the rest of the season, but after that he wasn't ready to make that claim definitively. Maeda may also seek a third opinion on his forearm before weighing all of his options. As of right now, placed on the 10-day injured list, expected to miss two starts, but it sounds like it could be a season ending deal for uh, last year's Cy Young runner-up, Kenta Maeda.
Sylvia Fowles having a monster game for the Minnesota Lynx last night, doing something only three other players before her have done in the entire history of the league. So Sylvia Fowles, 29 points, 20 rebounds in a 76-70 win over the Seattle Storm. A huge win for the Minnesota Lynx as they move into fourth place in the WNBA standings in terms of playoff position. Stat line for Sill, 29 points, 20 rebounds, 4 steals, 3 blocks. It was the 19th game in WNBA history where someone posted a 2020 game. But that's not the uh, <laughs> the, the impressive part. Sylvia Fowles joining Chamique Holdsclaw, Tina Charles, and Candace Parker as the only WNBA players to score 25 points and grab at least 20 rebounds in a single game. In addition to that, posted a first-half double-double for the seventh time in her career, trailing Tina Charles by one. Tina did it eight times. Also, the 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 fourth first-half double-double she's had in a Minnesota Lynx uniform, which matches a career high. The only other player to record multiple first-half double-doubles for the Lynx is Maya Moore, and she did it twice. Sill Fowles, my goodness. The Lynx are surging. They get back in the win column after losing two straight games to the Connecticut Sun. They beat the reigning WNBA champion, the Seattle Storm, last night, 76-70. to One of the best parts of uh, of working in in media, whether it's it's small town media, whether it's mid market, the, the 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 larger markets, or like the meccas at ESPN or or, or whatever, fan mail and and fan uh, criticism is is part of the job. And I myself have been have been subject to some to some pretty uh, delightful people letting me know uh, about my my takes on the sports rap and and what I'm talking about in the KDLM news in the morning and and, and a whole bunch of, of of things like that. Phone calls are my favorite because phone calls you really get the earful, and and, and the big guys are are, are no different. Uh, Adam Schefter, the uh, the breaking news guy for the NFL, yesterday on 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 Twitter shared a letter that he got last month from a uh, a disgruntled fan. It, it was addressed to both Adam Schefter and Field Yates, to the premier NFL guys for ESPN. The letter says this: It says, "I've been a fan of both your works on the various shows on the ESPN platforms. You both do great work and." I appreciate it. Starts out pretty nice. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Now, for informational purposes, I am a retired radio slash TV announcer, a commercial voice, and a voiceover artist. So I know how to pronounce words. The problem is, you don't. And you don't is in all caps. And when you get all caps in a fan letter like this, you know it's going to be fun, it's going to be a treat, and it's going to make your day that much more special. You regularly and routinely mess up the name of the Miami quarterback. His name is Tua Tagovailoa. And then he goes on to spell it phonetically. Tua Tagovailoa. Yet, you two buttholes regularly and continuously mispronounce it. When you say Tua Tango Vailoa, there's no tango in his name. And tell that uh tell that butthole greenie as well. 
He's not worth a litter. <laughs> Continued success. And then the guy signs his name. It starts with an M. It's got an A in it. And that's all I can tell. So Adam Schefter was kind of taken aback by this letter, shared it, as he has every right to. I mean, if someone's going to call him out on something, he, he all he wanted was a second opinion. He asked, am I saying this name correctly? And after about an hour after posting said letter on Facebook and, and Twitter, Adam Schefter posted again. And he had maybe the greatest clapback sound clip of all time. He has the Miami quarterback himself at a press conference while he was with the University of Alabama years ago teaching reporters how to pronounce his last name. And this is how you say Tua's last name from Tua's mouth himself. Tungo Vailoa. So you say tongue first. <clears throat> Oh, Vailoa. All right, so so let's uh let's 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 listen to that again. Tungo Vailoa. So. Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. So you say tongue <clears throat> first. Oh, Vailoa. So you say tongue first. Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. To a Tungo Vailoa. And for everybody who didn't know how to pronounce it or wants to draft him in their fantasy draft this upcoming weekend, you're welcome. Tungo Vailoa. To a Tungo Vailoa. The greatest media comeback ever and the guy who sent the letter i'm sure is just kind of enjoying retirement as that retired radio slash tv announcer commercial voice and voiceover artist you love to see it second half of the sports wrap here's coming up my interview from yesterday with head coach of the laker volleyball team Lindsay machkaire as the team gets ready for the uh, a normal start to their season. Last year didn't begin matches until October 9th. And then the season was ended early before uh, section tournaments could begin. And now they're ready to go. They had a scrimmage on Monday against Moorhead. Got a couple things to work on. And then next Tuesday, the season begins at DGF at 7.30. My interview from yesterday with head coach of the Laker volleyball team, Lindsay Machkaire, coming up next on KDLM. I'm Taylor Bashotti with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The Jaguars just lost one of their key offensive players before the season even began. First-round pick Travis Etienne landed on season-ending injured reserve after suffering a foot injury in Monday night's loss to the Saints. The Jags plan to use Etienne at both running back and receiver this season. Elsewhere, a recent report claims that several NFL coaches believe that they've, quote, figured out how to stop Lamar Jackson this season. Here was the Ravens quarterback's response on Tuesday. I mean, we're going to keep playing football. We're going to see. But I doubt it, dude. I doubt it. I strongly doubt it. In other news, Bears head coach Matt Nagy confirmed Andy Dalton will be the team's week one starting quarterback. But rookie Justin Fields will start Chicago's preseason finale on Saturday. And the Panthers signed receiver Robbie Anderson to a two-year, $29.5 million extension. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Time now for a Twins Minute. I'm Rusty Calf. On Saturday, Kenta Maeda got the start for the Twins, but left in the fourth inning with right forearm tightness. Here's manager Rocco Baldelli on the latest with Kenta. We did get an MRI done. I would I would say some minor you know differences from what we had seen before, but certainly not something where we know exactly what the next step is yet. What we're going to do is we're going to continue to learn and, and, and figure out and get some more opinions. Kenta's going to go 
to Texas. He's going to see uh, Dr. Meister. He's going to probably also get another opinion or two before we all gather up, sit down, and decide what the plan of action is going to be right now. So with Maeda now on the injured list, that means that none of the Twins' five starters from the rotation at the beginning of the year are currently on the roster. Maeda also injured, Jay Happ, Jose Barrios traded, and Matt Shoemaker released. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Today we continue our 14-team Big Ten preview sponsored by M Health Fairview. We preview the border rival Iowa Hawkeyes next. M Health Fairview combines the best of academic medicine with the convenience of a network of hospitals, clinics, and multi-specialty centers throughout the Twin Cities, closing the distance from the bench to the bed with a collection of world-renowned researchers working in partnership with top-tier specialists and medical professionals to serve your every healthcare need now and into the future. M Health Fairview looks forward to cheering on the Gophers with you this school year. M Health Fairview is proud to be the official medical provider of Gopher Athletics. Sky Yuma. The Hawkeyes are one of the teams the pundits are viewing as a contender for the Big Ten West Division title. Corbu State is previews Iowa. When it comes to Iowa football, you can count on two things. Kirk Ferentz and strong line play on both sides of the ball. But this year, the line play isn't a guarantee. Prominent focus for us as a coaching staff, certainly our fan base, uh, development of starters up front on both sides of the football. We've lost a lot of uh, really good uh, starting players the last two years on both sides of the line of scrimmage. We've got a lot of work to do there. The cupboard isn't completely bare. They return All-American center Tyler Linderbaum on the offensive line. On the other side of the ball, defensive end Zach Van Valkenburg isn't worried about the lack of experience. Last year, people said you're going to have problems reloading, and I think you know people say that this year. Um, but uh, Coach Bell's a great coach. We have a lot of guys that are really, um, really selfless, and uh, they'll be ready to do what they need to do to make the defense great. The lines are going to have to be good right out of the gate. Iowa opens the season September 4th, hosting Indiana. The Gophers will visit Kinnick Stadium on November 13th. Tomorrow, we preview Wisconsin, sponsored by M Health Fairview. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. We're at Laker Volleyball Practice talking to head coach of the Lakers, Lindsay Machikire. Lindsay, how has the, the first week of practice gone for you guys? First week has been good. It's probably been one of our most intense uh, on an emotional level. We're dealing with, I think, as a whole society with a lot of mental health issues and a lot of confidence issues and a lot of separation issues after COVID. So our first week has been really focused on bringing that together um, as a group, as a program, as a whole, and trying to help these kids navigate. We're not only having new incoming freshmen to our high school, but our, our sophomores are almost like a new incoming freshman class, as well as coming into a new high school. So a lot of anxiety with girls um, and across the board. Um, and it's been, it was really fun to see them coming together, to see that trust build through that first week but it was definitely an emotional week so working on a lot of just just re-upping our skill level as well as communicating with the girls so they know that as a program we're here to help them not only build themselves as athletes but to build themselves in their confidence as, as high school women and young women in our community. 
And I'm sure kind of getting back to some normalcy with the volleyball helps with that. Because at this time last year, we weren't anticipating having volleyball beginning at the end of August in September. It was supposed to be that weird fourth season in, in March with, with football. And then numbers got better and they snuck in a quick six or seven or eight week season, big middle of October through through November. So I'm sure kind of just having that sense of normalcy of having volleyball backwards supposed to be uh, is a huge stepping stone for these girls. Yeah, I think that is huge. The, the normalcy is really nice to get back into. I think there is some fear. Obviously, we're hearing, you know, numbers spiking again. And mm. and, and so so we also talk on needing to be able to, to make that quick change and to be ready for those changes and how we can deal with that on a positive level to keep us positive. Because I think there's always that that fear um, for us of are we going to have it? Is it going to be normal as you hear the media and things like that? So, um, but the normalcy will be huge for us this year. It's just, it's great for all kids across the board. So um, the most normal we can stay, the better we're going to be. Let's uh, recap last season just a little bit in, in case people forgot how last season went for, for your squad. How was, uh, how, how did things go uh, beginning of October last year? We had a, we had a good season. Uh, we were just over, uh, over 50% in wins. Um, we had a great, a great group of girls. Um, we graduated a number of, of good, good players last year. Um, a couple off playing college ball this fall. And, um, um, but again, I think last season was just so different because we were always always preparing for something different. Um, so I feel like the girls did a lot of adjusting and they came out. Um, but yeah, we lost some big hitters, Gabby Fredrickson, uh, Jordan Johnson. Uh, we lost a big back row. So Faith Keller, Autumn Kulik, and... Uh, and Lake and Weaver were, were big losses for us for going into this season and knowing that, that we needed something in the pipeline. We're lucky to know we have that in our pipeline, so I'm excited for people to see these girls that have been waiting for their chance to shine. Yeah, uh, a young team. It sounds like one senior, then a couple juniors, uh, a couple sophomores returning varsity players from last year, like Ava Jones and Jalen Gunderson and Grace Gunderson. How have those three specifically stepped up into those leadership roles despite uh, having the weird season last year and, and being juniors and sophomores? Yeah, so we actually have two seniors out. Lauren Kaiser is also out this year, but she's uh, she she's out with injury, so she we won't see her all year. Um, so um, we've got her in a leadership role as well, and then Louisa Walls are our two seniors. Um, both of them, Lauren, from a sideline perspective, um, as much as it's a it's a hard position to be in when this is what you've been waiting for, um, but she has just been. Uh, uh, we call them our, you know, just we need that bench to be really excited and, and helping. And she's been that person. She's been that go-to. She's also really helping groom. She's kind of, I call her Mama Lauren um, because she's really helping, especially these younger kids. Um, I love how open and welcoming she is. Louisa Walls, she's just a stand-up kid. Um, she's got great athletic ability. So she's going to be fun. She's moved through this program. Um, she started as a freshman on the C-Squad team. Following year as a sophomore, she hit the B squad the next year as a as a junior she played JV and now she's going to be our senior our one senior out on that court as a varsity player so I love how she stepped through the program and can continue to work even though I didn't make varsity as a ninth grader she's continued to make that step so I think that shows her leadership throughout the program in terms of our three returning 
Ava Jones, um, her leadership skills, she's young still, but she has been able to take and step up um, as our offensive coordinator out on the court, um, calling those plays and um, really getting these girls to gel together, as well as Grace Gunderson and Jalen Gunderson are just going to be two powerhouses to watch from the outside. Um, and they have really just stepped into that role um, at young, you know, they're not seniors, so they're still young leaders, but they've really... Um, um, they've really brought the kids in. They're making them excited to be here, feeling like they're welcome. Um, we've had to make some shifts with um, with Jones being out right now and hopefully back for our first game. But um, it's been it's been nice to see them come together and support each other through those changes. You had your first kind of in-game action Monday night scrimmage at Moorhead. How did that go? Uh, yeah, I was proud of them. We we were through in a lineup we'd never seen. We brought up a JV setter for for a portion of it just to see if we could run a five one or a six two. We're dealing with a couple of different things to see what we've got. Um, we don't keep score. Uh, so we're just kind of watching their play. I was very impressed. I don't think there was any team that with our with our starting lineup we can't we can't compete really strongly against and potentially beat. Um, I've told the girls this is their section championship year. We're in a new section this year, so volleyball for maybe people that don't know has been a. Th- a triple A sport. Um, the state tournament will move into four classes instead of three classes. Um, we've always been triple A, so we've kind of been the little school with all the big schools. Um, and now we're going to stay triple A, but some of those really big schools have moved into the four A section. So it really opens up a different section for us and a huge opportunity coming in with a really young team. I said, you know, our, it should be round one of the state tournament this year by Jalen Gunderson, by that group's senior year we should be hitting round two by that sophomore group senior year we should be hitting round three and we should be or winning the state tournament so they have the ability to do that they just have to have the drive our first laker broadcast of the season going to be uh opening night for you guys at dgf what are some uh, some keys to that matchup and some things you may have to work on in practice here the next couple days to be ready for the rebels yeah, they've got some big, uh, we saw the Rebels yesterday, so that was kind of fun. We were able to see what they've got. Um, they've got some big hitters in the front row. Um, we're going to have to put up a solid block. We're going to have to stay on our toes and be moving. Um, we're going to deal with a little bit of, we're not sure if the game will be there or the game will be here. We're both under construction in our gyms. Oh, no. So we, we may have a home game or we may have a postponed game. And So we're just waiting to hear that. So there's a little uncertainty with our girls right now and trying to get that established. They're hoping for the home game, right. which would be a nice way to open our season here. But um, we're going to have to keep our feet moving. Um, obviously, we've got to have our backup setters ready um, if our – if Jones isn't back at that point, and those girls are working really hard to make sure they're ready for that position. A lot of serve-receive work. We're going to have to serve well, pass well, and once that comes for us, the rest of us, our, our offense is, is going to be good. Awesome. Well, Coach, uh, good luck this season. We'll be cheering you guys on from the sideline, from the radio booth, and we'll uh, be watching you guys against the Rebels. Yeah, come enjoy the last season in the Ralph. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of our, uh, we'd like to honor the Ralph this season. And so hopefully with this will be our last volleyball season ever played in this gym for a varsity matches. So it's our, our philosophy is that we'll honor the Ralph and hopefully do it justice. I hope so too. Coach, good luck this season. Thank you. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude.
All right, thanks again to head coach of the Laker volleyball team, Lindsey Machkaire, for joining me on the Sports Wrap today. If you want to go back and listen to that interview, you can do so momentarily online at kdlmradio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Can't wait moment. Well, a couple things going on tonight, including Twins baseball looking to snap that four-game losing streak. Twins turn into Bailey Ober on the hill for the Twins tonight. 6-10 first pitch from Fenway Park in Boston. Pre-game show begins at 5.30 tonight on KDLM. One Laker team in action today. That would be uh, tennis. Varsity tennis has an invite in Staples Motley. They're going right now. JV is in Wadena for a invite against the Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines. Look at the Lakers schedule for tomorrow. Girls soccer and boys soccer both taking on Little Falls tomorrow. And girls tennis, the second of a back-to-back, they are welcoming the Fergus Falls Otters to Detroit Lakes High School. You can find the full schedule of events online at kdlmradio.com. That's wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow, 9.30 here on the station. You can count on KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Quick CBS news break, and then those classic hits roll on KDLM.